Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to year two of Future Flicks. Sure, I started in June of last year, but let's just call this year two, shall we? This week we have vampires, monsters, and Chinese cowboys. It's the week of January 6, 2017, and this is Future Flicks. Some of you may have noticed I didn't do an episode last week. That's for a couple reasons. The first is that I wanted a break. I wanted a break where I truly didn't think about the podcast or working on making notes. Uh, weeks that I missed, unless I was actually on vacation, I was still thinking about it, working on it, but one thing led to another and I didn't do one. So this was a this was a true break. A true break without the cost of a plane ticket or me being on vacation somewhere. So I just got to stay home, got to watch movies, which I did. I will talk about those later. And here we are. And you only missed me talking about two movies, thankfully. The first is The Bad Kids, which actually came out on the 23rd, which I missed. It's a documentary about a group of teachers in the Mojave Desert, in a high school in the Mojave Desert, that is, that take an unconventional approach with sarcastic air quotes to improve the lives of their struggling students. I shouldn't make fun of that. I don't know what the teachers really did. They could have really done a good turn and helped the kids out, but... What it comes down to is that this movie came out at the wrong time, at the worst time possible. The other movie that was missed was one called Patterson, starring Adam Driver. And let's let's just talk about the premise for this. A quiet observation of the triumphs and defeats of daily life, along with the poetry evident in its smallest details. The f*** does that even mean? What does that mean? What's this movie about? What are? What is it even trying to say? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know, but that's it. That's all you missed on my break. Uh, I do plan on doing a best of 2016 review, but I thought it'd be best to wait for me to actually watch some of the biggest movies of the year. I just watched The Revenant. It took me the better part of a year, but I just watched it. I plan on seeing La La Land this week, and unfortunately I won't get a chance to see Moonlight, but other than that, I've seen most of the big movies for the year. So only then do I think I can truly talk about the best and worst of 2016. So keep an eye out for that. That should be coming out within the next uh, next week. I hope all of you had a great Christmas and had a happy new year. I hope you were safe, and I hope you did a lot of nerdy things, including watching a lot of movies. So so without further ado, let's get into the regular show. This is episode 25, and let's start, as we always do, with some news. I'm going to start with some stories that you already know about. You know this. If You you don't even have to be a nerd to know these, these first few stories, but I just think I, I have to say it. I have to say it because I've talked about every other passing of celebrities, and especially these I have to mention. And so that first one, of course, is Nerds Everywhere are mourning the passing of actress Carrie Fisher, best known for her role as Princess Leia, of course, in the Star Wars franchise, but let us never forget she was also in Blues Brothers, which was a great role. She passed away on December 27th. She apparently had finished filming her scenes for her Star Wars Episode 8, and very tastefully, I have yet to see any article about the future of the Star Wars franchise, that is Episode 9, which really, really pleases me that people... Even these news agencies that, that usually have no tack focused on the passing instead of what the future holds for Star Wars. And to add even more tragedy to this story, Carrie Fisher's mother, actress Debbie Reynolds, passed away on the 28th. She is best known for her role in Singing in the Rain. 
She danced alongside the great Gene Kelly. She was also the voice of Charlotte in Charlotte's Web. Uh, some of you younger folks may know her as the voice of Nana Possible from Kim Possible. She was 84. Word from her son was that the death of her daughter and the following despair is what killed her. And no one should ever have to bury their children. I, I hope that's nothing any of us ever have to experience. Also, Barbara Tarbuck passed away on Monday the 26th. She played Senator Mills in Short Circuit and Miss Arnold in, in Curly Sue. Something the youngins would know her from is her role as Mother Superior Claudia in American Horror Story. The final bit of sad news is that 2016 had to take one more person. And that was actor William Christopher, who passed away on the 31st. Any fan of the TV show MASH would know him. He played Father Francis. MASH is still a fantastic show. Anytime I could see a rerun, I check it out just because it's, it's always going to be topical. War, unfortunately, is always topical. But let's move on to some happy news, shall we? According to The Wrap, Ryan Reynolds has shot a scene as Deadpool for the movie Logan. It's believed that there will be a Deadpool stinger or mid credit scene at the end of Logan. According to Variety's Dave McNary, Alien Covenant and the Emoji Movie have been all the buzz on social media these past few weeks. The Alien Covenant trailer looked good, but did any of you see that abomination of an Emoji Movie trailer? It looks truly awful. The teaser looked terrible. These people couldn't even make a good teaser. They should have enlisted the help of Trailer Guy to help them. Then maybe it would have looked passable as a movie, but no, this looks like garbage. Absolute garbage. Unfortunately, kids are going to want to see this because kids love animated movies and it's probably going to make enough money to show Hollywood that no matter how dumb the idea, if they make it animated, they will still make money. In an interview with Empire Magazine's Phil DeSemlin, the director of Cars 3, Mr. Brian Fee, says that the final product won't be as dark as the teaser trailer was. I just watched the teaser trailer again just to refresh my memory, and it's not dark. Lightning McQueen crashes. Oh no! Apparently, parents were freaking out, saying that they can't show their kids this dark trailer. Shut the f*** up. The only dark thing about this crash is the fact that you can't see his face, so it takes away the, the human quality this car had. But that's it. Heroes fall. It makes for a good story. Why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. If you don't know what movie that's a quote from, I'll be sure to keep you in my prayers. That's it for the news, folks. L let me just say something really quick. If, if you think there's something wrong with the audio, like I sound muffled and I sound really close, it's not, it's nothing to do with you. It's all me. Part of my boom broke for my microphone. I didn't re realize how much I've come to rely on it. So hopefully next week we'll go back to sounding a little better because I've ordered the part I need for it. And it should be here in a couple days. But let's move on to the movies, folks. That's why you came here. Six movies. That's six of them are coming out this week. And the first is Underworld. Blood Wars. Selene is back and must help the vampires that betrayed her stop the lichens that want to wipe out her kind. This stars every guy's vampire crush, Kate Beckinsale, of course from the other Underworld films. Theo James from the Detergent series, Tobias Menzies, whose name sounds a lot like Menzies, from Outlander and Game of Thrones. 
This is the first feature film directorial credit from Anna Forrester, who's directed shows like Criminal Minds and Outlander. Uh, this was written by Corey Goodman, who wrote The Last Witch Hunter and 2011's Priest. This film was created by relative newcomers, and I have to wonder if these people were picked because they were the best choice, or were they the lowest bidders? I want it to be the former, but I think it's going to be the latter. Uh, this, this looks bad, but unlike another movie I'm going to talk about this week, it's the good kind of bad. It's the kind of bad that you'll enjoy watching. These movies have always been silly. But they've been fun movies. Movies like this are why I love movies. Because you can have an idea that's that's silly. You can have a story that's silly. But it could still be fun and enjoyable. And that's what these movies are. You know, it could just be me. But the CG in this one looks worse than the others. Could it could be that they couldn't get the budget they wanted. So instead of not doing the silly effects, they went into it half-assed. The original Underworld was good and they did what they could with their budget, which was only $22 million. While you and I could live comfortably for, well, forever on that, that's nothing for a movie. So maybe this movie got a bigger budget, but not as much as they wanted. This, of course, is speculation from yours truly. Kate Beckinsale is a good actress who either returns for these movies because she actually enjoys them or it's easy money. Porque no los dos. I'd like to see her do more serious roles with her as the lead. Uh, she's in a lot of movies but always sharing the limelight or playing second fiddle. Underworld Blood Wars is already getting mixed reviews ranging from it being the best in the series to it being the absolute worst. But you know what that means folks? You know what that means. That the truth will be in the middle. Underworld Blood Wars is going to be okay. This isn't the kind of movie to see in theaters unless you're a huge fan of the series. This is the movie you wait for on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. This is the kind of movie that you marathon with the others first and then go into it with all the knowledge you need. With your bowl of popcorn, your snacks, and your drink right by your side. That is what you do. Underworld Blood Wars gets a bill score of 7 out of 11. If you're new to Future Flicks with Billiam, you'll wonder what the bill score is. The bill score stands, or bill, stands for Billiam's Interest Level. It's also a self-serving way of naming something after myself. This score, just like all scores on Somewhat Nerdy, go from 0 to 11. We also love Spinal Tap. Who doesn't love Spinal Tap? We are Spinal Tap is a great movie. But I digress. Let's get back to the movies at hand. And that next film of this week is The Ardens. A man gets out of prison after spending years behind bars because he wouldn't snitch on his brother. He then confronts his brother because he feels betrayed and that he's owed something for the years he's lost. The two start on a new job, but as things get more and more dangerous, familial loyalty comes into question. This is a Belgian film, and I looked into the history of the actors, director, and writer, but there's nothing that they'd be known for uh, known for by any of us, unless, of course, you're really into Belgian films. So in that case, you may know some of them. So, so look into it. It may be up your alley. Or it may not actually be, because this film looks boring. Not in the sense that nothing happens, but because it feels like this has been done before. Maybe not by Belgium, but it's been done before by plenty of other countries. This has been nominated and even won a few awards, but I'm wondering why. Is there something to this movie that the trailer doesn't show? 
Maybe the trailer does a piss-poor job of showing how good of a movie this is. Or maybe the foreign film selection for the, these festivals was so lacking that this got a nod. I don't know why. I really hope it's the former. I really hope that I'll be proven wrong and that I'll end up hearing really good reviews and streaming or buying this to watch a really good foreign movie. But I don't think I am. This looks like a by-the-numbers crime drama that has nothing new to offer except that maybe this is presented by a country where this isn't a tired story. The Ardens gets a 4 out of 11. We have one more movie before the break, folks. One more film. And that film is Arsenal. A man's brother steals from a drug dealer. As punishment for this, the brother gets beat up and gets his daughter kidnapped. Unless he can come up with an exorbitant amount of money, he will never see his daughter again. The two brothers set out on a mission to save the girl and will kill anyone in their way. Oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep while reading the premise. God, that sounds so boring. Let's get on with this. This stars Adrian Grenier from Entourage. John Cusack from Being John Malkovich, and Nicolas Cage from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Normally, I would want to see this just because of that cast. It's not the most amazing cast, but these people do good work. This movie was written by newcomer Jason Mosberg and directed by Stephen C. Miller. And if you're wondering, the C stands for See Another Movie. Stephen C. Miller has a track record of making movies that you can find in the dictionary under skippable. The only movies he's done that I may ever watch are Marauders with Bruce Willis and Dave Bautista, as well as the 2012, I believe, Silent Night. Maybe. Maybe. Arsenal looked so by the numbers and mediocre that there's nothing convincing me that I need to see it. This doesn't look awful like Fifty Shades of Grey or Michael Bay. This just looks boring, and that could be just as bad. A tired plot with a tired script will be awful no matter how many decent actors you throw at the film. At the end of it all, this looks boring and forgettable. Even if you see this pop up for free somewhere, I think you'd be best off if you spend your time watching something else. Arsenal gets a 2 out of 11. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for that break. And I'm going to spend that break trying to look for something else to balance my microphone's tripod on because this metal popcorn tin is not cutting it. So stay tuned for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational snarf Chris and the cunning critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back for the second half of Future Flicks with me, Billiam. Let's start the second half with a movie called Railroad Tigers. A railroad worker leads a gang of thieves who work against the Japanese by robbing their trains to feed the poor. If you've heard of spaghetti westerns, now you can get ready for rice westerns. It's okay, I can make that joke. I'm Asian. This stars Jackie Chan from the Rush Hour series and Hiroyuki Ike Ikeuchi from Ip Man. 
There are other actors in this film, but they're mostly newish as far as Chinese cinema goes and unknowns in America. Of course, as always, that doesn't mean they're going to be bad. It just means that I have no reason to say their names because it won't mean anything to you. Uh, this movie looks okay. It's not a typical Jackie Chan movie where he does his parkour foo. Uh, I'm kind of glad he doesn't. It adds a little historical accuracy to this piece. Uh, this movie isn't based off any specific event, at least not that I know of. I didn't even know that there were train robberies in China during the Japanese occupation during World War II. What I do know is that if Jackie Chan's character knew a whole bunch of fancy fighting, it would really pull me out of the movie. It would look more like a Shanghai Noon-esque comedy. Uh, this is a light-hearted movie, but it doesn't look like a full-on comedy like some of Jackie Chan's more mem memorable roles. Early reviews, however, are saying that this movie is a little too heavy on the comedy and it takes away from the possible seriousness of a wartime movie. I'm sorry, critics, but what trailer did you watch? Anyone with half a brain in their skull could see that this movie was going to be funny. Though, like I said, not focusing on the funny, but still going to be tongue-in-cheek. I'm just noting that this isn't going to be funny on the level of Rush Hour, but will be more of a light-hearted war movie. And I feel really weird saying light-hearted war movie. Jackie Chan is a good actor. I, I think that he's too well-known for these comedic action roles, and that he doesn't get, get enough love as, a as an actor. Jackie Chan was the only good thing in the Karate Kid remake. That was it. That Jackie Chan was the only good thing. Though I have to admit, watching Jaden Smith get beat up was kind of fun. But still, Jackie Chan is a good actor. This movie looks like it's going to be fine, but it's going to be at such a limited release because this isn't an American movie of his. This is a Chinese movie, so it's not going to get a big, big release anywhere. So good luck finding it if you want to see it in theaters. But if this interests you, you'll probably have to wait for the regular DVD Blu-ray streaming. Railroad Tigers looks like a fun movie that could even possibly be deep and meaningful. So Railroad Tigers gets a 7 out of 11. This was a tough week to choose the pick of the week. I want to see both of these movies, but I had to choose one. I only do two picks in the cases where they're both going to be mind-blowingly amazing. And while both of these movies are going to be good, I was able to pick one that I want to see more than the other. So there are two movies left, folks. Two movies left. Which one is the pick of the week? Well, I will tell you which one isn't the pick of the week. And that's Hidden Figures. This is the true story of a team of black women who work for NASA and help them with the important calculations to send a man to the moon. It's about the struggles they go through trying to do the job they love. This movie stars Octavia Spencer from Fruitvale Station, Tara G. P. Henson from Person of Interest, Janelle Monet, who's a singer. If you're fam not familiar with her work, you may know her from the song We Are Young by Fun. This also stars Kevin Costner from Dances with Wolves, Kristen Dunst from Spider-Man, and Jim Parsons, the insufferable Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. This is based on a book by Margot Lee Shetterly, and the screenplay was penned by the director Theodore Melfi, who directed St. Vincent, and Allison Schroeder, who wrote Mean Girls 2. What an honorable credential to have. All right, that's a little mean. She could be a really great writer who just hasn't had one of her ideas picked up yet. Maybe. Well, this movie looks really good, and I only have a couple of problems with it, which I'll talk about in a bit. But I love these movies about historical events that tell the story we don't know. I never knew so many black women worked for NASA, and I can't believe 
or I can't imagine, mind you, I can't imagine the struggle they went through working in a predominantly white male world. But remember, I judge these movies as movies. I may love this film because of its bringing to light the hard work done by minorities that until now haven't been acknowledged, but that doesn't affect my score. So allow me to take some time to bitch a little, and then I'll end on a positive note. The trailer for this ends with Featuring original music by Pharrell Williams. I hate that. I care about the movie, not what some music star wrote, especially if it's some dumb song for it. Use the great thing you created to sell the movie. Don't cheapen it by using some pop star or R&B or whatever the hell he is to, to sell more tickets. I'm hoping that Pharrell worked on a classical score and this movie doesn't have some awkwardly placed modern song. Pharrell is also a producer on the film, and that's fine. I watched a featurette about him being a producer, and he seems very passionate about it. And that is great. I am behind that. But if you have to stick his name on it for star power, at least call him a producer. Don't try to sell it like he wrote some new Top 100 song for it. This was originally my pick, but the reason it fell behind is that I'm getting this bad feeling that even though it's based on a true story and was created by all these passionate people, that it's going to be a trope-filled, predictable movie. There was one scene in the trailer where Janelle Monae's character was asked to help with something. She couldn't do it, but she says something along, along the lines of, Who you need is my friend. She's never seen an equation she can't solve or whatever, something like that. Uh, this may have been true. This may have really happened, but it's a trope now. I, I tried to search TV tropes for what this may be called, but I couldn't find it. So I'm just gonna call it the unknown genius. This person, regardless of gender, color, all that stuff, this person is usually the person that has been working in an agency or business or, or what have you for years. And it just has never been noticed. And one day, someone needs help with something that seems impossible, but guess what? They have this unknown genius there that just happens to be able to solve it. It's sad to say this, but true stories have to be embellished for the big screen to make them look interesting. Lots of this amazing work these women did, this truly amazing work, brilliant calculations that most of us couldn't even do now, decades later, would be boring if you watched it in a movie. It'd just be some girl behind a desk with a pencil and paper and a calculator just doing equations for hours upon hours. No one would want to watch that. Most of what these women did was boring. It would make a terrible movie, so it has to be embellished. And they have to crunch it down, these this, this months of work down into a two-hour movie, two-hour-ish movie. So to make things interesting, they fictionized the sh** out of this, and we have these stereotypical characters. And especially, th there's a scene in the trailer where Buzz Aldrin's walking by, and and uh, one of the one of the three women's just oogling all over him, and someone says something, and, and she gets sassy and says something like, "Oh, I enjoy beauty regardless of color." Really? How is this okay? How do you justify putting such a cliche trope in this movie? I don't even know. Hopefully, just hopefully, that's the only scene with this in it. If you remember me talking about Ghostbusters before it came out, one of my problems was Leslie Jones's character looking like a gigantic stereotype. Good thing she wasn't, at least in my opinion, she wasn't a gigantic stereotype. She had a couple of those scenes where she did some stereotypical things, but for the most part she wasn't. So hopefully it's the same case with 
hidden figures that they just use this as a selling point to get people in that look we have these familiar characters for you so don't be scared come in and watch it and then they'll actually show a good movie without relying on these tropes that's what i hope is going to be the fact that's what i really hope i'm going to see so let's end on a good note those two things aside this still looks really good it's serious oscar bait but it still looks good if you choose to see this movie instead of my pick, you'll still enjoy yourself. You will still see a movie well worth your time. This is full of great actresses and actors and people who are passionate about the topic. This is a story that deserves to be told and I'm happy to say that it looks like it was told well. I did talk a lot about them, but my two problems were minor ones. Going into 2017, now more than ever, we need to see these movies of people overcoming hardships brought on by racism and gender inequality. This is the time for this movie. Hell, watch this one and my pick. Watch two movies this week. That's what you should do. Hidden Figures gets a 9 out of 11. All right, folks, it's almost 3 a.m., so you know what that means. I need to finish this up and get my a to bed. We have one last movie, and it's my pick. So my pick this week is A Monster Calls. A boy is dealing with his mother's declining health when a monster comes to visit him. The monster wants one thing, and it's the one thing that the boy can't do. It's tell the truth about his fears. This stars Louis McDougall from Pan, Felicity Jones from Rogue One, Sigourney Weaver from Aliens, Toby Kebbell from Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, and the voice of Liam Neeson from Wolf Puncher. I'm sorry, that movie was actually called The Grey. This is directed by J.A. Bayona, who directed The Orphanage, and was written by Patrick Ness, who wrote the script and the book the movie is based on. I'm reading the book right now, and I, I plan on having it finished by Friday, but I'm loving it. I'm loving the book. It's a kid's book, well, an older kid's book, that is, but still, it's a, it's a really easy read, so I'm just flying through it. But even at my advanced age, I'm still enjoying this this young young adult book. This is going to be a tearjerker. There's no way I can try to convince myself that the ending's going to be okay. Even if the mom doesn't die, it's going to be a tearjerker. There are going to be consequences. Louis McDougall hasn't done much. Pan was his first movie, and A Monster Calls is his second, and he's the main character. Everything hangs on him. That may sound like something obvious, but let me give an example. Let me use Rogue One as an example. Felicity Jones was the main character in that, but there was more to it than just her. In this movie, everything, everything revolves around Connor, the boy and how he deals with it. The monster is there for him, trying to get something out of him. His mother is dying. His grandma is taking care of him and being cold to him. Everything comes back to Connor in this. So hey kid, here's your second ever movie. Hope you're ready to carry it. And I, I hope he is. It looks like he does a good job, at least from the trailers. This could be the work of Trailer Guy, but this looks really good. Equal parts heartwarming and heartbreaking. The idea of a child having to potentially say goodbye to his mother at a young age kills me. There are plenty of scenes of their happy times which will just make the ending that much more emotional. If she dies, it's going to be devastating after we see the loving mother-child bond. If she lives, It'll just be this explosion of joy when, when they ride off to the sunset together or whatever it is mother and kids do in movies like this. But either way, just like finals week, we're not getting out of this without some tears. 
Most reviews have been positive. This movie had a limited release in December and has already been released in parts of Europe. And I've only seen a few bad reviews and some of the bad reviews were really stupid. So I'm hoping that this is going to be a good movie. The CG looks passable, which doesn't take away from the score, but doesn't add to it either. In a movie where one of the bigger characters is fully CG, you better make it look good. And from what I can tell, they do. A Monster Calls is going to be a good movie that's going to tell a touching story that's going to let us out into the world, being a little more thankful for what we have, or even what we had. A Monster Calls gets a 9 out of 11. Well, my friends and my dear, dear listeners, thank you once again for your support. I really appreciate it. Let me wrap this up with some housekeeping, but before I do that, just remember to keep an eye out for that best of 2016 podcast I'm going to do the minute I finish seeing the biggest movies of the year. I just have one left, unless I can happen to stumble across Moonlight in a theater somewhere. It's just going to be La La Land I'm waiting for. So with that said, let's wrap this up. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as a Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. Need to reach me? Leave me a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy site or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can also hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, a fantastic podcast from our good friend Critter. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And lastly, my dear friends and dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. Happy 2017, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>